closing her eyes and dancing while Frank Sinatra softly crooned. Can't you see I'm no good without you? How can I go on, dear, without you? In the bathroom, on my feet again, I wrapped a towel around my waist and told myself to get a grip. Christ, did I need a cigarette. Heading back to the bedroom to find one, I lit it up while staring out across the open balcony where a swarm of scarlet ladybirds were crawling on the parapet. Beyond, the crescent-scorched brown lawn sloped down towards the promenade, where the glisten of a dying sun shone red on all the towers and domes that loomed above the Brightland Pier. Squinting my eyes against that glare, I turned to face the room again, seeing through the curling haze of smoke blown through my parting lips, the sort of shabby dark antiques that no one wanted anymore. But I liked their faded glory, and I liked the cracks in the plasterwork that lapped around the ceiling, and the way the geometric design of the vinyl paper on the walls had peeled away above the bed to reveal what had been there before, a faded green background with riots of roses, roundels formed from stems and leaves. Those patterns made me think about the crown on the head of Leda Gray. The package with her photograph was where I'd left it on the bed. Soon I'd torn the wrappings off, drawing out the picture frame to prop against the bedside lamp from where the dark-eyed girl could watch as I stubbed out the fag in an ashtray, then lifted up the scrapbook. Opening its covers, I felt excitement rise again. This was really happening. I saw features in the broadsheets, perhaps a documentary, and at the very heart of it was the lure the old man had hooked me with, the mystery about a girl who'd acted in some silent films before becoming a recluse for more than half a century. I'd booked the hotel for a week, time to visit the Brightland Library, the museum, the local newspaper, even without a telephone for listings in directories, there couldn't be that many white cliff houses in the area. Tomorrow was a Sunday, but I'd still make a start of sorts. Drive around the coastline, get to know the area. For then, I was content to spend the evening with the scrapbook, sitting with my back against the greasy satin headboard as I turned the pages randomly until pausing at a yellowed ad with illustrations of some films enthusiastically described as productions with magical trick effects to astound and confound the audience, with moving images surpassing pre-existing stage events, the grandest of illusions will become as nothing when compared. Every still did look miraculous, more so as the light inside the room was dusted in a veil of grey, through which a stuttering white glow leached through the open bathroom door. It flickered on the images of men who'd had their heads cut off. Those heads then juggled round like balls. It added yet more atmosphere to the sequence of eerie photographs where the portrait of a woman seemed to come alive within her frame, climbing out from that to creep across a darkened room towards the chair in which a man was sleeping, seemingly quite unaware of... The images blurred, refocused, blurred. My eyes grew heavier and closed, 
though I was vaguely still aware of the sound of footsteps in the room, like someone pacing round the bed, and now and then between those thuds the squeaking of a loosened board, some scratching sounds, some whimpering. Was that the growling of a dog? And then the dream of Leda Gray, a lucid vision of her face as it hovered above me on the bed, her lips so close that I could swear I felt her breath upon my own. But rather than seeing two dark eyes, in my dream her lids were firmly closed, and due to the thick black grease paint that had been smudged around them it seemed once more as if she stared through the mask of a cadaver that illusion more dramatic still when I lifted a hand to stroke her cheek, and then lurched back in horror when my fingertips touched cold, hard bone, when I heard a sudden hiss.